0: Welcome to Thursday's True and Trivial Talk. Yes, with these guys right these here. Guys. Uh, and these and guys. These guys have a name. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Matt. And that's Micky. That's, that's Micky. Yeah, <laughs> that's in case We're you're here. And man, we're so glad you guys are here with us today, hanging with us. Uh, sure. We have part two of our interview with David Smith. It's as good as last week and it, you're going to want to hear this as good so, as last week hey
1: i'm doing the interviews so
0: oh well maybe not but i feel like it uh, might be better <laughs> no, kidding, uh, no it's gonna be awesome you're gonna want to stay tuned for that but first we got a little segment that we're going to do this week it's a, a new little segment that we're going to do called agree or disagree or can we disagree or can we, disagree? Or can, we disagree? can we agree on the title can, no let's not agree <laughs> can we disagree now yep you know We've been friends for a while and we agree on a lot of things but there are some things that we don't always agree on. So uh I'm usually right but anyway uh <laughs> oh <laughs> no, wait to set that so one, we are right. we're going to uh we're going to do that today here in just
1: a moment. First of all, you doing okay? I'm doing good, man. Good. This is uh it's been interesting. For you, those of you who may not know this, we're like wearing the same shirts. Um, for two podcasts, this is being split up into two and, uh, we're actually going to film, <laughs> these podcasts are coming later than the ones we're actually going to film tomorrow. And so it's a little bit confusing. Don't, don't try to figure that out. Just, yeah. 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 But let's, uh, just let's don't be surprised. You're like,
0: man, why do this guy, why are they wearing the same things they were last week? Cause I washed it. Cause we no.
1: filmed it on the same day. True. All right. So let's get to this first segment, we're man. We're going to do it, man. Okay. It's never been done before. So,
0: so it may be a little rough. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So what I'm going to do, Daniel, is I'm going to give you, uh, and we can, like, I can give you one. You give me one. You want to do that? Why don't you go through your list until you find something that I disagree with you with. All right. All right. So you're going to give me some questions. I'm going to give you some questions. My questions are going to be related to Star Wars because ah. we both we both like Star Wars. We both love Star Wars. I almost said a Yoda impersonation, but mm-hmm. I won't do that. Though. Don't do that. Um We love Star Wars, and so I'm going to give some statements out there, and uh, we're just going to see if McGinty agrees or disagrees with me. And uh, you can choose whether you're going to be Team Matt or Team
1: McGinty (laughs) on this, okay? (laughs) All right, let's hear it, buddy. All right,
0: so what I decided to do is take each of these three questions. Each one's coming from uh, one of the trilogies, okay? So you've got the prequel trilogy, you've got the original trilogy, and you've got the sequel trilogy which a lot of people don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about today, all right? Okay, let's hear it, bud. First of all, let's talk about the prequel trilogy, if you're a Star Wars fan. Episodes one through three. Episodes. Episodes Episodes one through three. dumb. All right.
2: (laughs) We dumb.
0: Oh, no. Okay, Daniel, (laughs) I'm just going to put this out there and tell me what you think. All right. Hayden Christensen, the actor... You played Darth Vader, Anakin okay. Skywalker, all right? Hayden Christensen was not that bad of an actor, but he had terrible dialogue.
1: I agree. You agree? Sorry, I agree with it. Okay. I don't think he was a terrible actor. I just think George Lucas can't write a good script. <laughs> he can't. He's a horrible script writer. Yeah. He is. He's a great concept guy and a great like world builder and creator, but he can't write a good script. Yeah, he needs to. And uh, Harrison Ford agrees with me, by the yeah. way. Yeah. He does. Okay. All right. Try
0: again, buddy. Good deal. Okay. Um, let's talk about the original trilogies, the ones that started it all, the
1: ones that I think back to my childhood. And- Hold on. Ooh. We got to give at least a quote here. Like, I hate sand. It's just, it gets too oh, from everywhere. the prequel tri- <laughs> Oh, my word. There's some cheeseball lines yeah. in the second episode. It was just. Roll your eyes so that like, yeah. you don't ever see again.
0: But, you know, seeing other things with him, he, he's not really – yeah, he's not a bad actor.
1: True. Yeah. I mean, George Lucas wasted some really good actors yeah. on the first three episodes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wasted. I mean, yeah. he had some A-listers that yeah. just give nothing.
0: Yep. Nothing. All right. The next one's probably a little bit easier, but um, talking about the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi okay. is the greatest movie of the three changed my mind is this your
1: opinion this is my opinion you think return of the jedi is the greatest movie of the three yep okay i've got to disagree with that okay return of the jedi is not the greatest of the three
0: i think the re and i i I think i see what you're about to say because you you probably would say empire
1: strikes back right well i realize it's sort of conventional okay but i'll tell you what eight-year-old me would agree with you well that that's my point is that i saw it when
0: i was 10 years old and it just—it has this—I don't want to say place in my heart because that's just so
1: cheesy. <laughs> but just it has this nostalgia to we it. Win! I you mean, know? it yeah. feels good at the end. It sort of ramps yeah. things up, you know. There's a redemption thread because that's really the, cool. Because
0: the Empire Strikes Back, you're walking away, you just kind of feel like,
1: uh, uh what happened here? All right, this is going to sound controversial here. Okay, I think in some ways, Return of the Jedi is a little bit like we're losing our female audience. Just. Instantly, with this conversation, I, know. A lot I feel of them like, like... <laughs> okay, I like Star Wars. Um, but I think it's a lot like The Last Jedi. Okay, hear me out on this. The Last Jedi had some really great parts, okay, but it had some really awful parts. Well,
0: that brings me to my next
1: question. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me finish this thought. All right, so last don't steal my question. Okay, so the the um, what is it? The the Return of the Jedi. It's got some great parts. The redemption thread, the culmination at the end with the confrontation with Vader, and the Emperor at the end is just awesome. The space battle is great. The drama. But the whole Ewok thread, I'm sorry. The Ewok thread is just too cute for cool. Okay? It's not my jam. As a kid, I loved it, but it's a little painful. It's a little painful.
0: Yeah, it doesn't always... There's some parts
1: of it that didn't age well. Let's just say that. <laughs> that's being kind. Plus, like, what another Death Star? You yeah, know? right. I love how in the Lego version that we watched recently in our yeah. backyard with you guys uh, for that movie night, uh, the leg there's like pieces keep falling off the Death Star every time they like, cut to the scene of the Death Star. I love that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's that's how I feel about it, man. There you go. Well, you but go. the question is, which one? I do think the Empire Strikes Back is probably the best of the the original trilogy. I mean, as a movie,
0: it's a strong second for me. Okay. All the right. finale
1: is just—it's powerful. The whole face-off with of Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, the re- big reveal. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the okay. whole the romance brewing between Han and Leia. I mean, yeah. that is there's some really cool stuff in there.
0: Okay. All right. Third one. Here third one is about the the sequel trilogy. Last Jedi, the second movie of of the of the most recent sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yes. It. I don't want to say ruined the franchise for a while, but it it pretty much it was awful. It was awful. It was it was it's the worst Star Wars movie, hands down. Frustrated, disappointed, when I walked out of it. Cool parts, but yes. Hmm. Worst, right, so which what what am I going to
1: agree it. or disagree with? That it ruined the franchise, or that it was the worst Star Wars movie ever made? Well, you got to cho- choose a lane because those, I can give two. Different until to until
0: that. the Mandalorian, it ruined the franchise.
1: Okay, so is that what I'm going to disagree with? Sure, whatever. See, I feel like the ball was already spinning before that movie. Okay. So I think in many ways, The Force Awakens ruined the franchise because there was not a cohesive sort of strategy of what these three episodes would do and how they play along. They sort of set it up in yeah. the first one, and then Ryan Johnson came along and said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, they made a lot of mistakes in the first one, sending up Ray as like, she has all these amazing powers, she's instantly awesome. That would have been fine if they'd followed that along. So I guess, ultimately, you're kind of right. It ruined the franchise, and they had to, like, do damage control in the third one. And then the third one was just awful, too. It wasn't great. It had some great scenes and whatnot. But there was a lot of moments in The Last Jedi that I really liked. Like, the tension between... As a cohesive movie, if I step out of being a Star Wars fan, The Last Jedi, for the most part, is a really good movie. Not a good Star Wars movie, except for the whole, like... Let's go to the alien casino place. That thread was just super, <laughs> super lame. Okay. Just lame. One of the lamest things in Star Wars. I will give that. Yeah. The tension between Ray and, um, and Kylo Ren, man, that those like force connections were really, really cool. Really powerful. And a lot of Star Wars fans don't like what they did with Luke Skywalker in that movie. And I kind of don't either. But I like the fact it surprised me. Yeah. You know, I like surprises. When yeah. you just chuck the lightsaber over and you're like, that's funny. Yeah. There were some genuinely funny moments in there. That wasn't funny. To you, but you're like yeah. oh, Star Wars. You know, like I can sort of separate myself a little bit. Yeah. At the opening scene when they're doing the bombing run and uh who's the the, the what's the, the 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 fighter guy that, that is big and – um Poe Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah. His like lines and his communication with uh, the commander of the spaceship. That was great, man. Yeah, it was just really like I appreciated the comedy in it. But mm, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think I'd have to agree with you on it. Okay. It did kind of ruin the franchise.
0: So you agree with two and disagree with one. Yeah, that's
1: good. All right, now do we have any time left? We like- have some time. I'll try and get through mine quickly. All so, right. So all right, here we go. My theme is superheroes. Oh, I love superheroes. Superheroes. Okay. okay. So first one. Agree or disagree? Can you disagree? By, By the it, way, we don't. I don't know these questions. No, we didn't. Yeah. No reveal. All right. So, I think that Captain America: Winter Soldier is the best Marvel movie ever made. Disagree with me? Mm. Captain America: Winter Soldier is the most rewatchable, best Marvel movie ever made.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so.
1: I haven't seen it. So. <laughs> sure. All right, so, I'll agree with you. Dang it, he agrees with me. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Next one. Will Arnett is the best Batman.
0: Uh, Will Arnett is the funniest Batman. Um, (laughs) It's hard for me to say who the the best Batman is. Will Arnett Uh, plays the
1: voice of Lego Lego Batman Batman. in case you don't know.
0: Yeah, no, hilarious. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say Christian Bale or Michael Keaton. I know who would not be the best Batman. What, Adam West? You're not going to say Adam West? No, Adam West is, is awesome. Um, I would have to say George Clooney was the worst Batman. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So but do you agree with me or not he was the best Batman? The funniest Batman.
1: Okay, you'll give me that? I will give you that. We'll call that as a pass, okay? <laughs> but yeah, George Clooney, I will say, was the worst Batman. But I will say I think he was the best... Wayne...
0: Best Bruce Wayne?
1: I think he was the best Bruce Wayne. He really like put off like this super rich guy, old rich guy vibe. Yeah. Like great. He was the yeah. best he was the best Bruce Wayne, but the worst Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, last one. So far we've kind of agreed with me on this. I might yeah. like three strikes and I'm out. Okay. All right. Toby Maguire was the best Spider Man. Agree. Ah, Three Strikes! Yeah, I'm You sorry. agree with all of my things. Yeah, I really do. I. I you don't like Tom Holland? You don't think he's... Uh, a lot yeah. of people think he's, like, hung the moon. No. no That's obi Maguire. Yeah, I just...
0: I I'm glad you agree with me, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, honestly think Spider-Man 2 is one of the best superhero films ever made. It's a great movie, yeah. It really is solid. Well, um, I couldn't find anything for us to disagree with. I'm sorry, dude. Next time. I'll try harder next time. Next time. time. I'll try harder. All right. Well, we are going to transition to our interview with David Smith, uh, where I will ask him some good questions. In fact, uh, one of the things we're going to end with in the interview, he's going to talk us through the process we're going through as a church right now of looking for our next senior pastor. Good stuff. And so if you go to our church, you want to know more about it, great listen to If you don't go to our church... It'd be good for you to listen to too because maybe you're in that situation at your church is how do we look for another senior pastor what's a good process and and where do we go from here so uh we'll see you in five seconds all right welcome we are doing an interview today with david smith david smith is our austin baptist uh, association director and he is right now
2: working with us here at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville, as our interim pastor. David, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm absolutely so very honored to be on the podcast. You guys are you guys are pretty famous. This is good stuff. Uh, we're famous. We're famous to um, a, a circle of people
1: on Facebook and uh, those who know us here. And uh, maybe it'll be more. Who knows? There we go. But we're going to do uh, some questions for you. I'm going to do one part of this, and Matt's going to do the other part. I don't know who – I think Matt's going to release his interview section first, uh, and then mine will be uh, later. So this will all make a a lot of sense when you listen to it. All right, so, Dave, we're going to start this off. We want to get to know you a little bit. Okay. We want to say, hey, how does this David Smith guy think and (laughs) who he is and where he's coming from? And so um, I'm going to start off with some lightning round questions. Okay. So you have – 0.2 0.2 seconds uh, <laughs> to, to respond to
2: some of these questions. And uh, you ready? I'm ready. Come on. All right. What drink do you crave? Oh, my goodness. I would say coffee of any variety or water with lime. Water with lime. That's mm. it. So, okay, you're rolling to Starbucks. What's your favorite go-to drink? I would get a Tall Blonde, which is, as you can imagine, an interesting thing to order. The Blonde is sort of a more recent addition. It is,
1: absolutely. To Starbucks. Now, back in the day, I was a barista. Long time oh ago. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I know the secret menu. Yeah. Uh well cool man that's that's great. You know, Matt hates coffee by the way. I did not know. That. So you need to give him some grief about that. Okay. Okay. He, he he can't even put cream or sugar
2: to get nope. it to where he likes it. No. he
1: it. he likes 90% hot chocolate and 10% coffee. Yeah, that's 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 his jam. All right. See. Favorite color to wear. I uh, would have to be blue. blue. have to be blue. Yes. All right. Hey. You know, you got to match the, the eyes your mother gave you, right? Very good. That's did it. Did your mother give you your eyes? She blue did? Yeah. Yes. Mine too. Absolutely. My blue eyes came from my mother. Very cool. <laughs> All right. We got that in common. All go. right. Uh, best Disney movie ever? Uh,
2: has to be Toy Story. The, which one? The first the, one? The, uh, the first one. All okay. right. Our, uh, our, our son Thompson, that was uh, the first movie we took him to. Mm. And it's just, I think it's nostalgic every time we look at it. The whole series is nostalgia. Absolute, right? Absolutely. It takes
1: you back to your childhood. And that yep. first one was groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. <laughs> All right, last lightning round question. Okay. Best
2: kind of vacation destination? Like, oh, what? without a doubt. Snow skiing. Snow Anywhere. skiing. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Been snow skiing since I was in high school. Man. Uh,. Absolutely, look for opportunities to sneak away to Colorado
1: and push oh, it down the hill. Where's your favorite place to go skiing in Colorado? Breckenridge, Colorado. Man, yeah. my my uh, sister in law there was right there a few weeks ago. Oh week my ago. goodness, yeah! But that's uh, that's great, man. I grew up skiing like every day since I was like five oh, years old. So I'm missing. It. It. I, I got my own skis and boots, and I just haven't
2: used them. in like eight years we so, need to change that we need to change that. i, I sure.
1: agree I'm, I'm feeling like a pastor retreat out uh colorado i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm there. there i'm feeling it I'm all right i got some random questions for you
2: too okay so i gotta know okay. what's the weirdest job you've ever had oh my goodness you're like where do i start where do i start uh <laughs> two, two jobs come to mind first of all i'm uh, probably about 12 years old um all of my friends have mini bikes my dad was one so of no these, child
1: labor laws or anything. no child labor laws
2: either. no 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 back then it was <laughs> it was fine my uh, my father, I told him I said I'd love to get a mini bike. He said it'd be fine. You got to raise some money, and uh, he had a rental house. And I painted the whole house by myself. Nice, pretty pretty random for a twelve year old. But the but the the coup d'etat is I detasseled corn. Detasseled corn. So corn comes pre-tasseled. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> corn as it grows in a field has this little uh, little plume. Uh, little little thing that grows out of the top, and in Indiana, where I grew up, you have to pull that out. Gotcha. And so that the corn doesn't pollinize and it is a crazy. So you'll walk down the row, pull out every tassel, throw it on the ground, get to the end of the row, and then come down another row. So that's different than corn husking. It
1: is absolutely okay. So corn husking is is, is taking the the husk off. That's exactly De-tasseling right.
2: Detasseling is taking all the, the pollen off. Just off the top of the uh, huh. off of the top of the yeah, of the corn stalk while it's continuing to grow. And that has to be done by hand. It has to be done by hand. But when you're a twelve oh, year old word. and they are going to pay you crazy money <laughs> to do it, yeah, you'll do it.
1: Man, I remember, I remember once doing some blueberry picking once and uh it was so random. It was like this is just my, your hands are just blue afterwards, that's and it's a, like you look like a Smurf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got it. That's right. Well, that's cool, man.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, so where did you grow up? You, you mentioned Indiana. Yeah, grew up in a in a city called Kokomo, Indiana. It's, I want to uh, go down to Kokomo. No, ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, that's Mexico. same name. Yeah, same name. It's uh, it's just north of Indianapolis. Indianapolis is the capital of okay. Indiana, mm. and um, lived there until I was a sophomore in high school. Wow! Yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so, where did you meet your wife? So I met my wife at Baylor University. Okay, but the a true Baptist Union. <laughs> yeah, but 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 here was the fun thing, and so uh, all the students is, that are listening, listen, go to disciple now. So at the eleventh hour. The Thursday night before Disciple Now starts on Friday, my roommate at seminary comes and says, Hey, we've had a Disciple Now leader to bail out. Would you be willing to learn the material and teach tomorrow? And I said, Sure. Hmm. And when I show up at the meeting, I see Julie. And I'm not kidding, I know it sounds crazy. I said, I'm going to marry that gal. Done. Done. <laughs> I just got to figure out how to talk her into, uh, yeah, marrying me
1: now. Yeah. So that's, I got to tell you a, a funny, that's a great story, man. Thanks. So, you know, Philip Yancey? Yeah. He went to my Bible college in, in Columbia okay. and he shared, Monora we of our he shared the story about how he, um, he was really struggling like, God, who do you want me to marry? Who do you want to marry? He was sitting in the library he said, all right, God, I'll marry the next person that walks those library doors. <laughs> and in walks, like, our future proverse, and it's a dude. <laughs> He's uh, like, okay, maybe the next person. Maybe the next person. And the next person was the person he ended up marrying. I love that. Isn't that crazy? I love that story. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um, worst produced movie you've ever watched? We kind of go, this movie was
2: just awful. Oh, man. You know, Daniel, this is going to be kind of an (laughs) But you couldn't stop watching. (laughs) I couldn't stop watching. Well, so when I was in youth group, they had produced a film about the end times. Okay. And it was called The Thief in the Night. And it was crazy because it scared me to death. I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that hey, I had an eternal re- uh, reservation. But I watched it a couple of years ago, and it was the worst movie. <laughs> I mean, everything about it. Uh, Wasn't there a movie in the seventies called A Thief in the Night? That's it. That's the one. So you guys produced that movie? No, we didn't. We didn't produce it. You but just kind of copied it. Well, I saw I saw this movie, and you know, I, I looked at. I think about it afterwards. Yeah, that's got to be the worst. Yeah. The worst ever on so many fronts. It's, Pretty brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, it's 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 bad. <laughs>
1: it's if you bad. think the 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 ones they made with the um, left behind movies were were kind of rough in the early two thousands, this oh, one, this would yeah, this th- that makes those movies look like Grammy like. No grammy that's music oscar nominated <laughs> oscar nominated worthy stuff yeah all right um what movie hits you in the feels like every time
2: oh my goodness you're killing me smalls <laughs> you're killing me Smalls. so are you saying it's uh it, it's sandlot. Sandlot. That that look at you great. i love that Sandlot's the movie's awesome. just as a kid you're a nostalgia nut you love the nostalgia i stuff. do i Toy do story sandlot that's it so as a kid i mean mm. that was me Man, all of my buddies, we're we're riding we're riding bikes. You know, today's no cell phones, riding around, just hanging out. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: feel like it's a whole commentary. Like I feel like adults have ruined kids' sports. (sighs) We've we've organized the heck out of it. It's kind of almost like youth pastors have. Sometimes kind of ruined, like, see you at the pole. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it's supposed to be student-led, and they start leading it all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I miss those days where we just oh. kind of police ourselves and play. We, for us, it was like soccer. We yeah. just played soccer, and we kicking each other's shins and figuring it out, and <laughs> uh, it was fun. Absolutely, yeah. Good. Well, that's cool, man. Um, you know, it's weird. I think for guys, a lot of sports movies really get to us. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. Mir- you ever see Miracle, that Absolutely. hockey movie? Absolutely. Oh, man, that one will just wreck me. I don't know why. It just <laughs> wrecks me, man. It's just like, oh, it's hockey. I don't even like hockey. You know, it's like, go, America. That's right. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's
2: great. Good stuff.
1: All right. I got some more serious questions Uh-oh. for you. Okay. We're going to start transitioning to talking about ministry and life okay. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, we, 2020 has been kind of an interesting year, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yes. And um, a lot of it has been driven by politics and COVID and politics from COVID uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. How do you think COVID and all that's happened to it has actually helped the
2: church in general? man I Daniel, thank you for that question. You know i am uh, I'm an optimist, and as I'm looking at our churches, I, my encouragement to them is, you know, if God redeems all things, then God's going to redeem this. And one of the it's things true. that I've seen with our churches is they've realized how important it is to have that relationship with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people uh, who have never been online are learning how to do Zoom calls. People are driving to people's houses and praying for them in their driveway, talking That's through cool. them through their glass, you know, door, and these kinds of things. So forces to be creative, exactly, exactly. You know, how can I minister? How can I, you know, be there for this person? But we're not, you know, you know, no pun intended. We're not breathing the same air. We're not touching <laughs> each other, and it's been really exciting. One of, wow. one of my favorite stories is one of our churches uh, released their junior high students to go to the homes of many of their seniors and help them to learn how to log on to a Zoom call that's so imagine cool. that senior at the door and you know it's not necessarily just limited to seniors but people that you know were having difficulty with that to walk them through the process push this button push that button and just the joy <laughs> on their faces as they uh, they begin to say hey I see those people and uh, they're connected in that's I love awesome it. Yeah.
1: matt did something like that for his is it wasn't D now? No, it was his uh, his camp. He did driveway drop ins. Okay, and uh, I remember brainstorming with him about this. What to do? I said, man, you should just do driveway drop ins. Talk to people. Bring some games to do for people to do outside. Yeah, and so he put together a bunch of different like goofy games for people to do and challenges and whatnot. They could challenge him in, mm-hmm. and he would go to the kids' houses and challenge them wow. uh, to different games and stuff in the driveway. And then pray for pray for
2: them. I love it. It was really
1: it. it was really cool. That's good. That's good stuff. So, what are some other ways you feel like the
2: church has grown as a result of COVID? I think the church and and you really you really nailed it. They have learned to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know it. Do we it, can church be done in a new and a different and a unique way? Uh, the exciting thing for me is to know that you know prior to COVID, I had two hundred churches that probably had you know some with multiple services, about three hundred services. Every one of our churches. Wow. I mean, Daniel, even the smaller ones are going to continue to stream their service. That's good. Because they're finding that people are watching. I mean, we've got a Japanese, <laughs> uh, a conservative Japanese Baptist church in Austin, Texas. By really? the way, there are only four in the entire state of Texas. Oh wow! And There's one here in Austin. One here in Austin. I didn't know that. And people are watching from around the world. Wow! And it, it took COVID for us to to realize these man. kinds of things. Yeah, I have to tell my dad about that. I mean, I grew up in Japan. I you know you did. That's why I mentioned that. So that's right? why I mentioned
1: that particular Interesting. one. Interesting. Yeah. man, I'd love to check that out. That's really cool. Yeah. I will say, you know, for our church, like our social media, the amount of people who've like liked our Facebook page okay. and, and subscribed to us on YouTube, our YouTube subscriptions have tripled. Since COVID.
2: Oh, my goodness. Tripled. I love it.
1: Um, And for Facebook, I mean, I think if I'm calculating right, I think it's about doubled in terms of likes and the amount of viewership and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's really encouraging to see that it's worth putting the time and effort and being creative to know that we're reaching people and Mm -hmm. communicating God's word and his hope in a a new way. Yeah. So I got to ask you, we start with the good. How has COVID hurt the church in some ways? Gotcha.
2: We've, uh, it's been a struggle for a lot of our churches related to finance. Uh, You know, not having services in person for many of them for multiple months. Mm. Uh, People just associate, well, I don't go to church, so I'm not bringing my offering. Mm. And we're trying to help our churches to develop all kinds of giving platforms. So it it has been uh, a little bit difficult, uh, you know, for our churches financially. I think they're beginning to understand that. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know of any of our churches that are going to shut down as a result of that. Hmm. But uh, for people to understand that, you know, even though a lot of stuff's not happening in the building, continue to be faithful in your gifts. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I have to give a huge shout out to our church and our people. Yeah. You guys, members at First Best Church Flickerville, have been amazingly faithful. Yep. Through this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I've just been floored about how consistent you guys have been with your giving and your generosity. You guys are just generous rock stars. And I have to give you guys tremendous kudos. And it's a huge privilege to be one of your pastors on staff and knowing just, you may even feel disconnected, but you're still giving. Amen. And that is, oh my
2: word, that is such a big deal. And it is. And and it's it, very inspiring. Yeah. This is last week, I had an opportunity to meet with your finance team, and it was a, just a great report yeah. of, uh, of your faithfulness. And we don't take that for granted because, you know, there's so many churches out there who are really, really yep. struggling. And I, I'll be super
1: glad that – I mean, we kind of made the move about four years ago maybe to have a really solid online giving platform and app giving platform. Yeah. And to really get that integrated into our culture. I mean, I am super thankful that that really came became a part of the way we do things here because it – it's helped significantly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so what trends do you see happening in the church in the next two to five years from now? If you kind of looking in your... Crystal Ball, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you're ABA director Crystal Ball, and you're kind of thinking about churches that you minister to and help out. What do you see like, in terms of trends
2: or things happening in the next couple of years? Very good. Well, thank you. I, I do not have a Crystal Ball. You know, wish what wish we did. I'm glad I, you're I, not a medium. I, there you, you go. I, <laughs> people, all, people all the time ask me, what did, what does the average Southern Baptist <laughs> church do? And I say, I, you know, f- let me know what an average Southern Stuff. Baptist church does. And things. We'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> But one of the things that I am seeing, uh, and it really is to the credit of this younger generation. So to all of you, younger generation, thank you so much. Um, You're not just happy to give to ministry and to missions. You want to be involved. And I see moving forward, Daniel, more and more hands-on ministry, uh, not only from the younger folks, but I think it's exciting Mm -hmm. and encouraging for this this older generation that's looking on to say, hey, listen, we want to join you in that. And I am seeing more and more ways where Mm -hmm. the churches in their particular regions are loving up on the communities around them. That is really cool to see. And in fact, your your point about younger
1: generation wanting to not just give but to get involved. That's right. That's a big fundamental shift because what we're seeing now is it used to be all right, we need to get people to believe and belong and do, yep. like get active. But the whole thing has been flipped. People want to do, yep. then they want to belong. And then the belief, like really buying into the tenets of what we really hold true kind of fall later. Absolutely. Which is a huge paradigm shift. It is. So finding ways for the next generation to get involved and do things that matter first. That's right. And not making, hey, you got to check off all these boxes before you get involved. Yep. That seems weird to us. <laughs> it it does. It's like, hey, I don't, I don't. this person isn't even a believer, but they're going to come alongside and do like charity work with us. That's right. But they're rubbing shoulders with people who do believe
2: those things, and you're mentoring them, discipling them.
1: Absolutely, it's a
2: big deal. It is a huge deal, and you said it so very well that it is. It is a it is a necessary flip. And if you look at the New Testament, that's what they did. They loved their neighbor. They were a significant, they were significant influence in people's lives, mm-hmm. and it really created questions from those people being served to say, why is it that you're doing this? <laughs> you know. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So no thanks. Doubt. No, that's good.
1: So in light of that okay. sort of question, you know, we were talking just the other day about churches need to basically change or die. We're yeah. kind of at this sort of pivotal moment in sort of church history where culture is radically changing. Yeah. And uh, to be a growing church, you really got to not make small changes but big changes. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the big changes that churches have
2: to make if they're really going to thrive in sort of our culture and climate right now? I think one of the things that has to happen is the the church, uh, in wherever it's located, needs to, to know who its neighbors are. Mm. And as Scripture talks to us about loving our neighbors, and so how can we as a church love the neighbors around us? And so for First Baptist Pflugerville, who is my neighbor? How can I serve and love my neighbor in doing that? We need to um, really think about how we can be outwardly focused mm. in terms of our look and not just take care of ourselves. And so those are those are some things that we're seeing for the church that the church that's that's moving forward, and we are, Hmm. you know, a lot of our churches. You you've not asked the question, but I'll 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 answer this for you. That you know, since COVID, you know, a lot of our churches they're hovering about thirty five percent of their pre COVID numbers in terms of people that are physically coming. Right. But the engagement level Hmm. is way over what it was before. And so the reach of the church, if you want to use that as an analogy, the yeah. reach of the church, Daniel, is huge and large. Hmm. And so you're reaching these people that are interested in, in coming in. They're listening online, and it's really easy because they don't have to shake hands. They don't have to welcome anybody. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what this church thing is about. The meet and greet is the, gone the the me, forever. <laughs> the meet, meet and greet is pretty much gone. <laughs> However... Toasty. Then they can say, what is this church doing? How is this church serving? So it is. It's an exciting time. It's really cool. We actually talked about this the other day too,
1: is not being afraid to put your wins out there for other people to see. If your church is doing something awesome in the community, people need to see that. They need to know... This is how you are ministering to your community and being a good
2: neighbor in a way that really shines a light on Jesus' heart for people. Oh, listen, here's the story. So Austin is, you know, broken down in various regions, mm-hmm. and we have city council representatives. One of our churches, uh, I don't have permission to share their name. I don't think they'd be, you know, concerned about that. <laughs> but what they were doing is they were having a drive-through, um, and they did this through COVID for people to pick up meals.
1: Oh, cool. And
2: the city council member the city council member that was not a member of their church heard of this and said would it be okay if i come because i just want a, a way to greet my constituency and uh, and the and the pastor of the church said that would be absolutely great and what's happening is there's a relationship now Wow. With the city who says, man, we're looking for ways to minister. And here that's this church is. And guess what? This is a smallish kind of church. Hmm. Run about 100 or so people. Man, that's yeah. just so cool. And
1: it's a good reminder, too, that it doesn't matter what size you are. That's right. You can still make a huge impact Absolutely. in your community. Absolutely. Um, no matter where you are. And we have people that listen to us all over the world. Yep. Uh, granted, it's like 1% in Germany, 1% in Japan, 1% <laughs> in, like, you know, in England or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but you know it no matter what culture you're in. That's right. No matter where you are in the United States, whatever, no matter how what size your church is, you can make an impact. Yeah. And I think it's very important not to lose sight of that and not get discouraged either. That's right. So yeah. our last question I got for you Uh-oh. before we kinda of close out the interview. Okay. Is sort of we are you're helping us with our pastor search process. You know, you're coming in as our interim pastor and you're yeah. helping us find the next uh past pastor here at our church. And so, if you can kind of describe what that process looks like here at our church, okay, and then maybe kind of give some insight of how that might compare to maybe how other churches do things in a way that's helpful by comparison, okay. And uh, just kind of walk us through that, okay. Um, I Very think it'd be good. helpful for our church members to hear this, but also if you don't go to our church and you're like, "Hey, we're looking for a senior pastor," what's a good model? to follow for a Baptist church, or you know, we're a non-denominational, non-denominational church or something
2: else, and um, just having some comparison and knowing what's out there I think can be really, really helpful. Very good. So we're we're going to start with a manual. Uh, it's a process that was put together, uh, interestingly enough, by the North Carolina Baptist uh, Convention. And what we've done is we've taken this document, and we're going to pflugorize it we're going to <laughs> we're, gonna, it. we're we're going to put it we're going to put it into the language of the Pflugerville Church, um, and what that entails is the church going to select uh, a group of people uh, by our constitution. It's seven individuals. There'll be men and women, and uh, it'll be a cross-age distribution. And those fe- people will begin to meet together and talk together, and most especially pray together, mm. because here's what's amazing. God already knows who the next pastor of First Baptist Pflugerville is. What they will then sure. begin to do, uh, they will begin to meet with the the church to talk about, hey, talk to us about what we're looking for in a pastor, and there'll be some listening sessions. Uh, not only will there be listening sessions to talk about the process, but once the process is agreed upon, uh, then what will happen is we'll begin to talk about, tell us specifically. What are we looking for in a pastor? And we'll be talking about the staff that we currently have and how all that works together. And then this committee will begin to receive resumes. Uh, interestingly enough, Daniel, a lot of a lot of churches end up and call someone hmm. who is somehow connected to somebody in their church. For instance, you know, you might go visit uh, your in-laws or yeah. your outlaws, and while there, they have a pretty good pastor, and you might say, "Hey." Maybe that person would be good to come to our church. I haven't figured that out. Scalping how... pastors. Exactly. <laughs> how, how in Baptist life we say, it's God's will for us to steal your guy and I put know. you in the same right. like, position. That are we're you
1: in. happy there? Are you happy there? Do you,
2: you feel God's calling there still? Because I feel like, you, it's, I don't know if it's the wrong number or not, but he might be calling you to ours. That's right. So what they'll do is they'll begin to work through those resumes. They'll begin to listen to sermons. And We do this very interesting in Southern Baptist churches. That committee will literally come down to one individual. Hmm. They'll have one individual. It won't become a preach-off. It won't be a, <laughs> hey, let's try four or five guys kind of a deal.
1: And today we have so-and-so in the corner.
2: He'll be preaching for five <laughs> minutes and round one, ding, ding, ding. And not that. Last pastor standing. That's right. it. And right. what will happen is they will um, they will bring that person uh, to the church, uh, That that pastoral candidate and his family will come for a weekend, the The church will get to know them, and then he will preach, and the church will vote on that particular candidate. If that mm-hmm. if that person doesn't receive, uh, you know, a high enough vote, uh, number, a uh, percentage, and typically that's about ninety percent. You say, my goodness, that's high. Well, listen, if if the Lord's mind is single minded, and we're praying and we're seeking Him, yeah, a ninety percent vote it's not a big deal at all. And uh, and then it's what true. happens is, um. You know, then that process of of he and his family, you know, coming and moving here, but it it really is. Uh, you know, so people. Hold, hold often... real quick, put okay. that
1: percentage in terms of like like numbers of a church. Let's say you have five hundred people in your church. Okay, and can I pick uh,
2: six hundred because I can
1: do the math let's do, let's on this? Two hundred.
2: Let's say let's say that you had six hundred people and you say, ah, we're just going to have a seventy five percent vote. That would mean that one hundred and fifty people, one hundred and fifty people, could say, yeah, this is Whoa. not really the guy. So if you're coming as a pastor and you know that there's 150 people that just are not feeling that, you know, as a pastoral candidate, what you would do is say, you know what, maybe God's not speaking in this. And so that's why, you know, and that's a great question on your part. That's where it's important to think in terms of how many people because yeah. if it's like a couple
1: people whatever cuz I remember, you know, uh having to do the vote process yeah. and um going as a youth pastor at a, at a church and uh you know where but I won't say <laughs> and you know, they voted and afterwards they came to listen. It was, you know, 97% but there yeah. was three people that voted no. I'm yeah. Like,
2: why do they vote no? They always vote no. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I I, tip, I typically tell pastors you you don't want a unanimous vote because you want to spend your ministry saying hey who those three people voted wrong or four people I want to just love them up and and bless them you know folks the the key this and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share this is uh, again the Lord knows who this pastor is the Lord knows what knows what the church needs and what we're doing is we're praying and seeking His will now here's what's here's what's amazing. What God does in us while we wait for this next pastor is more important than this next pastor coming. Mm. God, God's going to work in our individual hearts, our hearts collectively. God's going to mold and work this church. We're going to continue to do ministry. We're going to read our Bible through. Man, we're going to pray for lost people. We're going to keep doing that. But we're just saying, Lord, who is that shepherd? That you have, that uh, that you're going to bring to our church, and uh, it be, it becomes exciting when when the Lord brings it together. I don't know who it is, but I'm praying. Awesome. Well,
1: David, I really appreciate you being here and doing Thanks. interview questions and whatnot. I know I'm going first, but this one's actually going to be aired second. Okay. Uh, Matt's going to walk in here in a bit and do his uh, section with you. But thank you for being here. Uh, do you, you cool if I pray this out? Absolutely, I'd love it. All thank right. you. Trinity Father, thank you so much for David's heart for people. You have blessed him with many gifts and talents, and I'm just glad that he is here with us to shepherd and guide us through this in-between time, so to speak. But, God, we know that you do some of your best work in the in-between. You do some of your best work in the wilderness, and uh, I pray you do that good work in us and as a church during this time. God, we pray for the church and all that you're doing in your bride, so to speak, and growing us and challenge us to be better at reaching and being a part of the mission that you have given to us. To us, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, David, thanks again for being here. If y'all want to tune into our podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. iHeartRadio, Googles, and all the different pl- things you listen to. If you like it, Hey, don't hesitate to share it. Sharing is caring. <laughs> uh, we we think what we do here really matters because we share the gospel. We share good things. And if sharing the gospel matters to you, not to send you on a guilt trip or anything, but why don't you think about subscribing Very good. or sharing? So yeah. we got we to gotta ask. And uh, we appreciate Some of you out there are super fans and you love sharing. And you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. So keep it up and help get the word out about what God is doing for this podcast. And, um, again, we want to encourage you. Um, but... We'll see you guys soon. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate it. Adios.